And I don't know, it's like putting it Faith, what are we doing tonight? We're doing that Jack Nicholson film. We already did The Shining. No, we're doing The Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors. Isn't that the movie? Yeah, the one with the man-eating plant. That's what we've come to on this show. Man-eating plants? Pretty much. Welcome to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. Those were the sounds of the one and only Tower of Power out of Oakland, California. One of the greatest soul bands of all time. We experienced a big loss in the music community this week. We're going to talk about that in just a second. It might have a little something to do with Tower of Power. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very Venus Flytrap co-host, my very... On the serious side, co-host Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. <laughs> Faith, we are in October of 2020. At the time of this recording, the world has ended several times <laughs> throughout the course of the summer and into the fall. Yet we still keep trucking, don't we? Yeah, somehow. <laughs> We're still here. Election season is upon us, as we said a few episodes ago, and we will continue to say through the election, watch horror movies. Keep America strong. There you go. That's that's our political <laughs> credo here on the show. We hope you are happy. We hope you are healthy. We hope you are sane wherever you are. Times are weird, aren't they, Faith? Very weird, yes. 2020 has been, uh, as we called it on the news a few weeks ago, it's kind of sucked a turkey dong, hasn't it? <laughs> For the most part, yes. Was it a turkey dong or a donkey dong? I don't remember, but it sucks both, so. <laughs> it, 2020 was able to just open his mouth real wide. Just yes. There you go. This hasn't been great, has it? Not really, no. We thought 2016 was bad. 2016, we had a lot of losses. Uh, there was a flood in our hometown. There was uh, some natural disasters that year, too. It was 2016. Uh, I believe that took Carrie Fisher from us as well. There was just uh, Maurice White, David Bowie, all these all these deaths. This year has just, mm-hmm. just sucked from the beginning. So. And for everyone. You know, it's... yeah. A lot of stuff only happens to one certain place or certain people, but it's it's right. weird when it's affecting everybody. It's affecting everyone. Yeah. But we hope wherever you are that you are happy, healthy, sane. We hope you are taking in the news with a grain of salt. We hope that you are questioning everything coming out of anyone's mouth, especially if they happen to be in the idiot box known as the television and happen to work for, I don't know, a news agency. <laughs> 
So <laughs> we don't talk politics here, but you might know where we stand at this point. So we have a pretty fun little movie tonight. I'd like for you to introduce it. I, I picked this one for us to do. It's a really a little movie. And uh, from a 1960, little a little movie, <laughs> Ooh. Uh, a, uh, a full grown little movie from 1960 from Uber producer, director Roger Corman, the king of the B movie. Faith, what are we talking about tonight? The Little Shop of Horrors. That is correct. From Roger Corman has an appearance from a very young Jack Nicholson in it. This is a very fun little B-movie shot in two and a half days, I believe, <laughs> and uh, achieved cult status and uh, went on to be a 1982 stage play and a 1986 musical. So we're going to talk a little bit about it, but we're going to focus tonight on the movie itself from Roger Carman. But let's get to what we were talking about. We opened with the Tower of Power. They are one of the world's greatest soul, R&B, and funk bands out of Oakland, California. The music world lost bassist Francis Rocco Prestia this week he was the backbone of that rhythm section he is one of the pioneering uh, figures in the electric bass i am a bass player and we're bringing this up here on the show faith and i grew up with this music this kind of music and you might not know who tower power is they are most famous uh, for their hits you're still a young man and so very hard to go. Their horn section has uh, gained quite a bit of notoriety they have recorded with people like rod stewart uh, Bonnie Raitt. They've recorded with Elton John, I believe. So you name it, they've appeared on their records. The horn section, that is. They appeared with uh, Huey Lewis famously in the 80s. So uh, there is a little bit of name recognition with the band. Rocco, you might not know if you're, if you're a lay person out there. So I want to talk about him just a little bit because he's been uh, a very important figure in my life. When I started to play the bass guitar, I got uh, hipped to him very quickly and he changed my life, and this guy completely changed the instrument. When you listen to this music, he is the bop, 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 bop. He's that, he's that 16th note funk behind this. He is one of the pioneers of the instrument. He was, uh, by all accounts, a very, very nice man, and uh, I got to meet him, and uh, that, was, that was a real experience for me. I've, I've been very lucky, Faith. Have you gotten the chance to meet any of your heroes? I'm trying to think. Not off the top of my head. I've I've been very blessed. I've met three. Uh, and really, I have like three kind of uh, guys on the instrument who I, who I adore. Rocco being one of them. And all three gentlemen were completely nice and didn't, you know, break my world. <laughs> but if you are not familiar with the band Tower of Power, please get familiar with them. Start with any of their albums from the 70s. The track you heard just now was from In the Slot, which is my favorite of their albums. That was on the serious side. And if you uh, listen to that, if you'd like to go back and listen to it, uh, he's playing some 16th note stuff just all over the place. That That's just sick. It's sick. <laughs> it's it's absolutely sick. This guy uh, is one of the names on the instrument. I don't like getting into the thing of, uh, well, this is the greatest so-and-so on, on the instrument or whatever. Uh, his name is in the conversation, though. He's that good. He changed the world with his playing. He really did. And I want to thank him for all of the music. I want to thank him for uh, what he gave to the music world. I want to thank him for what he gave to all of us uh, personally. He was a, they said he could be a little gruff, but he was a sweetheart of a guy and, and we had a nice little exchange uh, a couple of years back. My mother wasn't doing well. I got to meet Rocco after a concert and told him mom wasn't doing well. And, uh, and he said, give mom a hug and sign something for her. And it was, it was really sweet. And then he asked me how I was doing in a minute. That's very nice. So he didn't disappoint. And mom got better. 
So there you go. You're a Tower Power fan. Yeah. Uh, we were listening to Rocco on the way in. What is it about about the rock? Man, he's he's kind of mind blowing to listen to. <laughs> it's a force of nature. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a force of nature. Um, when you listen to this music, if if you're not into it, please get into it. Uh, start, you know, just look up the essential tracks. Uh, Back to Oakland is a good album to start on. Uh, absolutely wonderful. Uh, listen to that bass. You, you've never heard anything like it. Yeah, you really haven't. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing. It really is. And uh, we just we wanted to talk about him because it was a big loss. Uh, in the first couple of minutes of the show, we like to we like to talk about whatever we we want to talk about. And uh, unfortunately, we lost this giant on September thirtieth of two thousand and twenty. But he died peacefully. And Rocco, wherever you are, thank you, thank you. Rest in peace, my friend. So, well, on to happier things. We have a really fun little movie tonight, Little Shop of Horrors. I'm pretty sure Rocco may have seen this movie on the <laughs> San Francisco station uh, that showed creature features back in the day. So. <laughs> We're going to have the review from John Stanley. When we get back, we're going to have our thoughts on this movie from Roger Corman. A lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. fun. (laughs) I am Dan. And I am Faith. Faith, should we let Rocco take us to break? I think we should. All right, Rock, you got it. Cue the music. to camels. The best tobacco makes the best smoke. So have a real cigarette, have a camel, have a camel, have a real cigarette, have a real cigarette, have a camel cigarette. So have a real cigarette, have a camel, have a camel, have a real cigarette, have a real cigarette, have a camel cigarette. If you are smoking more now, but enjoying it less, Change to Camel, the best-tasting cigarette of all. Start to really enjoy smoking again. Start to get complete smoking satisfaction each and every time you light up. The best tobacco makes the best smoke. Have a real cigarette. Have a Camel. So, have a real cigarette, have a real cigarette, have a Camel cigarette. Son, this is your dad, Larry. It's Cinco de Mayo. I'm playing over here at El Chico's, and I need you to twist me one up and bring me down a little of that green, and I also need you to stop and get Daddy a pack of six. It's your daddy, Cinco de Mayo, El Chico. Love you, partner.
Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio, where hipness is what it is. I am Dan. <laughs> and I am Faith. Faith made uh, this sound when uh, <laughs> when the end of what is hip just played. She went, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> like, it's powerful, isn't it? It is. <laughs> the mighty Tower of Power out of Oakland, California. Tonight, all night on the bumpers in a tribute to the great Francis Rocco Prestia, one of the great bass players of all time. Greatest of all time he uh he left us and uh rest in peace our good friend he uh had some health problems and he's feeling no pain now that's good that's good 69 he, he's still too young too way too young too young he had a lot more music to give so well let's get on to it the little shop of horrors from director roger corman this movie came out in 1960 this is well it's a b movie faith <laughs> It's a B movie. Uh, this was written by Charles B. Griffith. There is some conjecture that this may be based on Green Thoughts, a 1932 story by John Collier about a man eating plants. And it may have been influenced by Arthur C. Clarke, the author of 2001 and 1956 science fiction short story, The Reluctant Orchid, which was in turn inspired by the 1905 H.G. Wells story, The Flowering of the Strange Orchid. What is it about orchids, Faith? It's... <laughs> I don't know. They must be the flower of mystery. I, I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so let's see. We got uh, Jonathan Hayes, Jackie Joseph, and Mel Wells in this movie, as well as an appearance by Jack Nicholson. Let's talk about Roger Corman for a second. He is the king of the B-movie. He's he's 94 years old. Mm-hmm. He's still with us. Think about this guy. He He's never lost money on a movie. He makes these cheap... Independent movies. He's, he's an independent producer. I love that about him. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that this guy has retained his independence and he's making sometimes very good movies, <laughs> sometimes not so good movies. He's had the pleasure of directing Vincent Price, Boris Karloff, Peter Lorre. He directed Jack Nicholson You know uh, when Jack was nobody. He has launched the careers. Uh, let's see. I don't have this written down. I'm doing this off the top of my head. Peter Bogdanovich, one of our great directors and film historians. Martin Scorsese got his start with Corman. James Cameron got his start with Corman. Ron Howard, his first directing gig was with uh, yep. Roger Corman. And Jonathan Demme, the director of Silence of the Lambs, uh, he owed his career to uh, Roger Corman. And uh, Roger Corman has appeared in many of their films as well. We mentioned that he was in Silence of the Lambs. He played the FBI director in that movie. Yes. I could not remember <laughs> who he played. He plays a senator in Ron Howard's Apollo 13. So they've returned the favor. He... Seems to be very well loved mm-hmm. in the film community. Yes. He's he's won many uh, uh, lifetime achievement awards. Uh, he's directed uh, directed and produced. There's a few classics in there. Something like this is I consider a classic. Mm-hmm. He did a wonderful uh, trilogy of Poe, Edgar Allan Poe movies, uh, featured Karloff and Vincent Price and uh, and th- that like of uh, actor from back in the day. So. He's done lavish productions. He's done smaller productions, but uh, he's retained his independence. And uh, as I said, he's widely considered to be one of the good guys. So I think that that speaks volumes. Oh, yeah. So I think so. Let's get into it. This movie is about a clerk named Seymour. He works at a flower shop. Uh, How would we describe Seymour? Seymour is not very on the ball, is he? No. Seymour's a little bit of a mama's boy, isn't he? Seymour lives at home with his mother. There's nothing wrong with that, but no. Seymour uh, Seymour lives at home with his domineering mother. Seymour works with Audrey at uh, Mushnick's flower shop. 
Audrey is the apple of his eye. He also has another Audrey in his life, and that is the uh, man-eating plant. Audrey Jr. Also named Audrey. (laughs) And uh, that's the basic setup for Little Shop of Horrors that was shot over a period of two days using sets from another movie uh, called Bucket of Blood that Corman had been involved in. It was uh, Originally, it was under the title The Passionate People Eater. I don't know. That Passionate doesn't, people eater. It doesn't inspire awe in me like Little Shop of Horrors. No. What I don't you know. I'm kind of liking the passionate people eater. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna have to agree it's like to disagree It's like the purple people eater, but... Yeah, well... I don't know. Yeah. It's not as catchy as this, but it's not terrible. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> this was shot on a budget of $28,000. i am looking at the number here. That's about $240,000 in 2019. Yes, that is a lot of money. But uh, still, when you consider you know film, it's not a lot of money. So, all right, let's get right into it. This movie did get a cult following after it came out. And uh, as we said, it inspired a 1982 stage musical, which was in turn into a 1986 film. Faith, this was a first time watch for you. I had not seen this in a long time, so it did feel like a first time watch. What did you think of Little Shop of Horrors? I liked this movie a lot, and it was actually a lot funnier uh, than I thought it was going to be. You said it was hilarious when you first watched it. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. This, uh, I, I love the humor in this. Uh, the humor is described as being very, uh, very much in the black comedy mold, but it incorporates Jewish humor, as they say, and mm-hmm. an element of farce. And they said this is one of the first movies that has this style of humor in it. And it's a very kind of difficult style of humor to kind of put your finger on right. like what exactly it is. And uh, I found myself thinking of the Seinfeld show a little bit watching this, the way that the Seinfeld show kind of plays out, mm-hmm. you know, very uh, that very kind of New York thing in a way, you know, and right. I think maybe it's, as I said, the Jewish uh, uh, backbone of, of the humor, yeah. which is very prevalent here. Just look at the names, you know, <laughs> the, the names give it away. But a very funny movie. It's very funny. I think it's actually more. Of a comedy than it, it than it is a horror movie. I don't know. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. There are some horrific overtones yeah. here, uh, and I was surprised by how horrific some of some of the little beats in this are. We're gonna we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, let's talk about the cast here. We have Jonathan Hayes playing Seymour Krillboind. That's <laughs> Krillboind. <laughs> Jackie Joseph is playing Audrey Fulcord. <laughs> Mel Wells is Gravis Mushnik, and he said he gave uh, the writer gave him uh, this kind of Turkish Jewish name that on purpose. It was you know this was deliberate. Uh, Dick Miller plays Burson Falch. Dick Miller uh, is uh, very good friends with Joe Dante. I think Dick Miller left us. Uh, he appeared in most of Joe Dante's films. He was in Matinee and uh, famous for being in Gremlins. Uh, Myrtle Vale plays Winifred Krellboind. That is uh, Seymour's mother in the movie. And as we said, uh, Jack Nicholson. Uh, has an appearance as Wilbur Force, and John Herman Shaner plays Dr. Phoebus Farb. Again, these names, just, they're just <laughs> wonderful. We also have a little bit of a dragnet component here. Wally Campo plays Sergeant Joe Fink and the narrator, and Jack Warford plays Officer Frank Stooley. So, a lot of, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot of little humor here. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. It's very much more a comedy than it is a horror. Let's talk about the story here. What do you think about the man-eating plant at the center of this? I love it. I think it's uh, it's very, I guess, different for 
something that, you know, that we're, that we're used to watching now. I mean, there's not a lot of movies about, I guess, man-eating plants. <laughs> not a lot. Not no. a lot, no. No, I think it's uh, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely different, and it's v- very strange how this plant just, I don't know, <laughs> the way it speaks. And yeah, <laughs> I I like the conceit. I like the conceit that they're building on the Venus flytrap, mm-hmm. obviously, I like, uh, and I like the conceit that, oh, well, this is, uh, doesn't eat flies. This eats people. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. I had this thought when I was watching. I hadn't seen this movie since I was a kid. It's it's been I probably saw it back mid late eighties. I was, hmm. you know, that kind of age. Right. I remembered it. It left an it leaves an impression. Uh, <laughs> when I was rewatching it, did you at any point in this movie think that he was not hearing the plant? That it was actually him. That it was a there was a hallucination aspect yes, I did. to all this. Okay. <laughs> um, because this could be looked at as a kind of hallucinatory experience. Did I say that right? This it's been a long sure. day. Yeah. Who yeah, hallucinatory, sure. Yeah. That that he, this guy's out there killing and he's that like he's just a psychopath. He's a psychopath it yeah. on the plant. And he blaming thinks it, he hears it. Yeah, I got that vibe. <laughs> blaming it on the plant. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Let's talk about Seymour. Seymour is the lead here, played by Jonathan Hayes. I think Jonathan Hayes is very good here. I like I like I like his energy. It's again, it's very hard to kind of describe what this, you know, yeah. the, this comedy, but my God, he plays it just completely how it needs to be played. And he's, gosh, did, did he remind you of a Muppet? Yeah. A I, little yeah, bit. I could, yeah. Like, like if I could go there, like Ernie or Grover or yes. somebody, you know, like, and this guy just can't seem to get it together. <laughs> can he? No, not at all. No, he, he's definitely, uh, He's definitely interesting. He definitely has some kind of uh, some quirks to him. <laughs> quirky, quirky's a good word, Faith. Quirky, I'll I'll, I'll buy quirky for a dollar fifty. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I think he's very good. I I really I, I love the whole setup here. Though this guy's just put upon by his mother. He's put upon at work. By uh, Mushnik. Mushnik is, I don't think, is very kind to him. No. At least not until he shows him this <laughs> soon-to-be-award-winning plant. You know, uh, Audrey uh, Audrey likes him, I think, to a point, but he's, he's he doesn't have enough confidence to really go after her. And, and then he's put upon by the plant. So there's a lot of, like, domineering <laughs> happening in this guy's life. And if you had told me that, oh, yeah, it was uh, it was all hallucination and the guy went on a killing spree, I'd say, well, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. This is a weird movie. This is I'm, I'm looking at the cast list here. I'm looking at Dick Miller playing uh, Burson Fouch. Uh, to give you, if you have not seen this movie, spoilers, and we should have said that at the beginning, but... Uh, uh, Dick Miller plays a guy who comes in and eats plants. Yeah. Like, and and no one really says really anything. Really questioned it. And did, I think he put like pepper on it or something. Like he, he seasoned yeah. it. And nobody's saying like anything about it. Yeah. He just, he went right for it. Yeah. And Apparently he does this like across the country. Yeah. He just, said they had like the best, uh, was it tulips or they pulled something Carnations. out? Carnations. Carnations. Yeah. Mushnik's in New York City on Skid Row has the best <laughs> has has the best carnations if you're uh, if you're looking for uh, for a quick fix. There's there's also a very sadistic element at play here, and I don't mean sadistic in uh, 
the torture porn kind of way, like a like a Saw movie or, or Hostel or something like that. But uh, uh, this movie does seem to take a little bit of glee and pain mm-hmm. uh, at a scene with Doctor Farb, and yes. uh, and that whole thing. You know, the doctor seems to relish inflicting pain <laughs> on his uh, customers. Yeah. Jack Nicholson plays a guy named Wilberforce who who seems to relish being in pain. Yes. You know, and and the the plant itself relishes pain, obviously, you know. And um <laughs> there's so many weird elements. I was, I was about to that, say weird is a <laughs> weird word. elements that make up this movie that make this wonderful complete whole. Yeah, cuz as you're watching it, you get into the dentist, you know, chair and you're just like What's happening here? <laughs> but then it kind of makes sense when it starts moving. So, you know, so it's like yeah. there are some weird things happening, but they all kind of go back to, you know, you, yeah. you know what I'm trying to say. I can't I know exactly. I know exactly what you're trying to say. And, and it really is a B movie in, in, the, in, the, in the purest and most fun sense of the word. And just a kind of a there's a kind of a purity to this, too, that, yeah. I, that I really, really like. Uh, this was famously shot over two and a half days he had the sets there and uh the reason they they rushed this through production i was reading is because uh they were changing something in the contracts of the actors with the way royalties were distributed and because he was making b movies he could pay his people up front and then he didn't have to pay them royalties Mm -hmm. in perpetuity and he wanted to get something else done before they had to switch over that's what i read i'm not a lawyer i don't really speak (laughs) legal ease um don't know much about how all of that works, but uh, but that's why this was done so quickly. And it's a very Roger Corman thing to do too to turn around something very quickly. There was a there was a joke about him that he could go into a phone booth, uh, make the deals, and have the picture shot and edited <laughs> by the time he came out. He was he was that quick. Uh, but there is there is a real kind of charm and purity mm-hmm. to this that I really really like. Did you know beforehand that it was shot in two and a half days? I don't know. I feel like you told me, but I don't think I was thinking it while watching it. That was my it. question. Did it feel like something that was rushed? Because it does not feel no, rushed. Not it feels really. very fluid and very professionally done. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a quick thing. If you had told me it took you know a month, I would have been okay. Right. Yeah, I yeah. think I went after I watched it and I was like, oh yeah, two and a half days. And I was like, I, I really didn't didn't notice that, that it, it only took you to... Literally two days to film. Like, he did a good job, and I did read, read that he was cheap. So. Yeah, and uh, he wanted to get it uh, filmed before the sets were torn down mm-hmm. uh, from the from the previous film, Bucket of Blood. So, uh, yeah, I love that. I absolutely, I absolutely love it. Uh, let's get into some of the horrific elements here. The horrific elements being this plan is eating people, and and <laughs> and young Seymour is going out and killing people. There was there was the scene uh, where he killed the streetwalker. Uh, was it the streetwalker? No, it was the first, uh, the gentleman on the bridge when he throws the brick mm-hmm. and it hits him in the head and he passes out and he takes him in <laughs> and you know, he's, he's dragging him and then he has to mutilate him and cut him yes. up so he could feed it. It's pretty horrific. It really is. It's pretty horrific. There has been talk of redoing this movie as a straight horror film. I can see it. I can see that too. I don't know if it would work. As well, because I feel I personally feel that some of the humorous elements here undercut some of yeah. that, and I feel they work really well together. Yeah, do, you, th- do you have a thought on that? I think the humor is you know necessary because I don't know it just kind of fits with the whole 
vibe of the movie. I mean, it's a man-eating plant, so I feel like you do need some humor. But uh, I think if you take it, like you were talking about, as Seymour actually being, like, deranged and just going out killing people and nobody else can hear the plant yeah, and he just blames it on the plant, I think maybe if they could twist it somehow like that. Yeah. It's possible. Maybe. It's possible. <laughs> uh, modern horror is very hit and miss mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Not knocking. Not knocking it. No. Not knocking it at all. It's just sometimes it's it's hit and miss for me. Yeah. Uh, depending on who got it. there Somebody was attached to it at one time. We're going to look that up in a second. They're not attached anymore. And truthfully, with the way things are going in the world, who knows if we're ever going to have any more movies. <laughs> so, um, but... Uh, yeah, I, I I could see it working. I could see it working. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't see it not working. But I mean, I think the hor- the comedy, I think, is needed a little bit here. It's uh, Greg Berlanti set to direct. Uh, let's see, a revamped film of the musical adaptation with Matthew Robinson. And uh, but on 2009, Declan O'Brien was going to helm a studio remake of the film and said it wasn't going to be a musical. Uh, he said it was going to be dark. I, I could see it working dark. Mm-hmm. I could. I think you still need a little bit of humor. You're going to have to toe a line, though. I mean, it's. I just feel like it fits. It just works. Yeah. With this. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think seeing young Jack? Man, Jack was young here. He Jack was, was young. And he had all his hair. He really does have a presence, though, on screen as soon as he walks. I mean, you know who he is as soon as he's yeah. on screen. You're like, okay, there's Jack. It's He's kind of got the, a Joker vibe to him, away. The he, eyes and the laugh, and he's just really kind of... Really did, didn't he? He did. That's really the first did. thing I thought. Nicholson being in this uh, contributed to some of the cult... Uh, the rise of the cult of this film, okay. uh, but also the the B B movie nature of it. Another thing about this, Corman didn't copyright this film, so it's in the public domain. <laughs> so then people could get access to it; they could show it. So it became this thing, right? And um, I like it. I really do. I, I do. I really do. It's uh, it's it's a movie that it doesn't require a lot out of you. I don't go. feel like it requires a lot of you. I don't feel like it takes a lot out of mm-hmm. you. But yeah. you have a really good time visiting this world. And what a world this is. <laughs> this is a strange, strange, strange world. Yeah, just the mom thinking she's, you know, dying of every illness. And everything and that, they eat has to be something yeah. that heals. And yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> it's very interesting. Uh, I like the relationship uh, Seymour has with Mushnik. I think that's a strange relationship. Mm-hmm. I like the relationship he has with uh, Audrey. One of the things I really liked in this movie is the dragnet takeoff. Because I'm a huge fan of dragnet. And you had uh, <laughs> you had the uh, detective telling the story like Joe Friday would. And you had Officer Stooley. And it, it's, such a, it's such a takeoff of dragnet. I don't know why they did it. Dragnet is always ripe for parody. But uh, <laughs> that was something for me on like the personal level. I was like, going, oh, okay, that's good. <laughs> Because I've written a few things with uh with our good buddy uh, Cade, who has been on the show. He was on our Death Proof show, and uh, we've written together. And one of our running things is uh trying to work in Dragnet references <laughs> because <laughs> I'm such a fan of the show. I think I think it's just ripe for comedy. It just <laughs> anytime we have a police officer, like it's I, I write him like Joe Friday <laughs> like this. 
So maybe if you're out there and you're working on this new script for Little Shop of Horrors, you need a little punch up. Just get in touch with us. Late Night Fright Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> there you go. I I like it. Uh, this is kind of indicative of the whole Roger Corman vibe, just that real B-movie vibe. Mm-hmm. Watched the movie has recently, um, Galaxy of Terror. He produced it. Uh, Robert England is in it. Uh, so is uh, Joni, Aaron Moran from Happy Days. And it's a movie that uh, helped James Cameron get his first directing gig. Okay. He was a special effects guy and production designer on it. Best thing about the movie, it looks wonderful and it looks a lot like what aliens would look like a few years later when cameron got to do that so pretty cool it's kind of amazing all the guys he's and girls he's given these uh these starts to isn't it yeah it really is and i love the fact that they reciprocate the affection that they you know Mm -hmm. that comes back to them yeah i mean that's got to say something if how much you know they they appreciate him or or, you know love him (laughs) because not a lot of people i feel like do that you know He's always seemed to me, from what I know about him, uh, to be one of the good guys in the industry, and uh, you know he makes uh, he makes what he makes. I love I love that he makes these these movies. You know, it's, yeah, it's, just whatever he's feeling. <laughs> just uh, kind of going off whatever's popular, giving you a little B movie uh, 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 choice. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I love it. Do you have anything you would like to add about the Little Shop of Horrors from 1960? Let's talk about the plant for a second at the end with all the, the faces in it. Why don't we save that for um, the last segment? Oh, okay. Save I didn't that. know we were going to talk about it again. Save that for after the break? Okay. Oh, yes. We have, we have to, we have to uh, we have do to the John Stanley. Uh, creature feature. Yes. That's right. Yes. So, well, this is a good point to take a break. We're going to take a very short break. This is a news break. All the fake news not fit to print. And when we get back, we're going to finish up our discussion of Little Shop of Horrors. We're going to give you the john stanley creature feature review on this but right now it is time for a break and uh i think we should let rocco take us out again i think we should you think (laughs) i think so all right i am dan (laughs) and i am all right rocco cue the music wave of constipation that swept through Cozy Corner last week has gone nationwide. That's right, people all around the country are full of crap. Local resident Dalbert Dill was forced to close his new pizza joint, Dildo, that's dough as in pizza dough, D-O-U-G-H. Want to know why? It wasn't because people mistook it for a sex shop, easy enough to do. It's because someone has a copyright on the name. I don't know what's more disheartening, Faith, that Dalbert didn't think the name sounded like a sex shop or that someone out there has a copyright on it. Well, Dan, everyone is full of crap. Speaking of full of crap, Oscar winner Gwyneth Paltrow recently celebrated her birthday and commemorated the day by taking a picture in her birthday suit. Look, Gwyneth looks great, but let's get real. No one wants to see that. 
Gwyneth, while charming as a mofo in the Iron Man movies, has apparently lost her grip on reality. Faith, we have an update. The constipation has gone worldwide. That's right. Everyone in the whole wide world is full of crap. And that it's not really news, is it, Faith? Not really. Not really. All right. We are going to be back to finish up our discussion on Little Shop of Horrors. We're going to have the John Stanley Creature Feature Review. But right now, we have your minute of culture, and it is more than one minute. Here's the mighty Tower of Power with the one and only Francis Rocco Pristia on base. was so very hard to go live from 2010. Rocco, wherever you are, well done. We'll see you on the other side. Let's go way back. High. Ain't nothing I can say. Nothing I can do. I feel so bad. Yes. I feel so blue.
Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. You were just listening to the sounds of the one and only Tower of Power from Oakland, California. That was a 2010 live cut. That was uh, one of their big hits, so very hard to go, with Francis Rocco Prestia on the bass. Uh, that is maybe my favorite track of his. Mm-hmm. To, to you, you really can hear what he could do with a tune on that. And uh, he was special. He was really yeah, special. Yeah, he was. And uh, uh, it, it, it gets me. It gets me. Uh, you know, there are people, there are people, you don't know these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, you know, we're talking about a musician tonight. Uh, but if you're out there and there's somebody that you admire that, that uh, does uh, something like a craft that you're into, you know, whether it's artistic or something like that, these people, even if you don't know them, they can touch your lives in ways that you don't even realize that they're doing it. And mm-hmm. my good friend Kate said, you know, man, it's like, because every time you pick up a bass, He's there. He's part of yeah. They become a part of your life and of, of who you who are, are and what yeah. you do on the on the instrument. He's an influence, and uh, he, you know, that guy gave me dreams as big as somebody like George Lucas did when I was a kid, and Stan Lee and those people. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I can't say thank you enough. But that I hope if you're out there and you have not heard that, if you're just listening to that, that you really got a sense of what he could do on the bass mm-hmm. and that band. That band, that yes. song. The songs in that band are so good. Uh, the two main songwriters are the two band leaders, Emilio Castillo and Stephen Doc Kupka, who plays the baritone sax. And they are the Lennon McCartney of soul music to me. They really are that good. And that's a beautiful song. It was a top 40 hit back in 72. And he just, on that version, though, he just, he, he, he does his thing. Yes, he does. Nobody, <laughs> nobody did his thing like he did it. Mm-mm. And, uh, it was it was a pleasure it's a pleasure to see I saw him four times live, and uh, it was a pleasure every time. And I got to meet him the one time, and that was that was really wonderful. And like I said, he uh, he was nice enough to send well wishes to my mother, who loves that band. So that's pretty awesome. And uh, sweet guy, sweet guy, introverted, very introverted guy. I think I think he was uh, I think he was highly sensitive and empathic. I think he had I think he was a special cat. So. Um, Enough with the sadness, uh, but uh, I hope I hope it didn't come off as sad. We, we I, Faith was nice enough to let me talk about him well, tonight, yeah. and 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 uh, I wanted it to be a kind of a celebration of mm-hmm. who he was. And hopefully, if you're out there and you're not familiar with, him, and I'm sure you're not. I'm sure if you don't know, you know, if you're not a bass player, you probably don't know who he is. I, I want I want people though, you know, to know who he is, and I want them to be familiar with him because this guy changed the world. He really did. He gave us. A new way to play the bass. Mm-hmm. And that's very hard to do and uh, really wonderful stuff. He was from the Bay Area. There's uh, John Stanley. We like John Stanley. John Stanley is also from the Bay Area. His show was on in the Bay Area, Creature Features. He was the second host of Creature Features after the legendary Bob Wilkins. Uh, John Stanley is legendary in his own right. We have the Bible for us here on I the I feel like Late I'm Night holding Fright. it like a Bible. It looks like you're holding the sacred <laughs> text. Uh, we like to clue you in to what John Stanley thinks about these great classic uh, monster and horror movies, sci-fi, fantasy, and horror. Faith is nice enough. She has the, the Bible in her hand, and she is going to read us the John Stanley review of 1960's Little Shop of Horrors. He goes on a five-star scale. Mm-hmm. So how many did he give this? He gave four out of five stars. Not bad. I think that's pretty fair. 
Um, he says, producer-director Roger Corman's macabre comedy parodies horror monster flicks with a vengeance. Jonathan Hayes is in a daze as Seymour Krillbong, Krillboing, however Krillboing, you say yeah, that, is. sure, a flower shop clerk who raises a giant plant that repeatedly burps, feed me, I'm hungry. <laughs> Seymour does. Human food. I lost where I was. Belch. Mel Wells is a shop owner, Gravis Mushnick. Jackie Joseph is a love interest, and Dick Miller is a customer. Jack Nicholson has a crazy cameo in a dentist chair. Scripted as the passionate people eater by Charles Griffith, who wrote the story around a set Corman had seen in a studio. The film developed a cult following and became a stage musical, and then was remade as a film in 1986. This 1960 version is available in home video in a colorized edition. Hollywood Home Theater, theater Vestron, Film Facts, Laser, and Japanese are what it's available in. Hey. <laughs> so you have some options to, there. <laughs> need, to, need to get my hands on that Laser Japanese. The Japanese. <laughs> laser Japanese. I think that was a, uh, I think it was a very fair I think and so. uh, accurate uh, uh, review of this this film you wanted to talk about the end of this movie with the yes. plant because the buds it finally <laughs> blooms and we see the faces of the victims throughout throughout the film and seymour himself goes in to try and kill audrey but apparently it doesn't work no. so we see his face there as well what uh what, did, what would you like to, to talk about i just that? thought it was cool i just like that it all you know tied in with all the victims at the end that they were all part of the plant <laughs> nice little macabre moment too. yes Nice little macabre moment, and it gives Seymour away as the killer. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, in that moment too, you realize that he wasn't crazy. It really did happen because they all see it. So, right. <laughs> uh, I like it. I like this movie. It's a nice little, just a nice little movie to to watch and talk about. And, yeah, and and it was very entertaining. Like I said, it's not something you got to sit there and think about what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> and it's uh, it's in the public domain, so it's available pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you can watch it on YouTube if you so desire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recommend the black and white version, but there is uh, apparently the second color version that they did. It's very good. So go figure. Right. Whatever whatever your cup of tea is. I like the black and white myself. I like the black and white. There's something about black and white films. It's just nice to watch. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, at the time of this recording, we are in October of 2020. 2020, the year that time forgot. <laughs> So, and uh, as Faith said last week, we were in October. Faith, what season is it? It's spooky season. It is spooky season. So we're going to give you a little clue here. For the next couple of weeks, we are going to be doing really proper horror films. We're gonna, we got a couple of slasher films coming up. October, uh, the weather is changing. Fall is in the air. And for me, that signals it's time to watch some old horror movies. Yes, exactly. Yes, it yes. is that time. The leaves start to fall and it's time to watch Halloween. Speaking of Halloween, next week, Faith, it is your pick. Faith, what are we going to be watching next week? We are watching Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. And I would like to take this opportunity to announce that we'll the week after we will be watching another slasher sequel. Real classic in the genre. We've done commentary on this film, but we're going to do a proper episode mm-hmm. on it. A Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Say it with me, Faith. Dream, Dream Warriors. Warriors. <laughs> they should have put an exclamation after I that. Know. I'm surprised no one has done a Freddy musical yet. I don't, I don't think They've done musicals of everything else. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't tip people that you want to make one. Yeah. You know, I don't like musicals. I'd like to see the Friday the 13th musical, too. <laughs> I'm trying to picture that. 
Do you think they could do with that or one of those properties like they did with Family of the Opera? Because Family of the Opera, we did Family of the Opera last year around mm-hmm. this time, the silent film from 1925 mm-hmm. with Lon Chaney. What did you think of that movie? I just told you recently, it has stuck with me hard for some reason. What was it about it? Because it's a pretty macabre piece of work. Yeah, this, the whole vibe of that movie, the, the just the look of it, the feeling of it, it has stuck with me. It's it's really creeptastic, isn't it? It is. And then they took it. And they kind of took everything that made it special yeah. and scary and creepy and turned it into this really weird kind of stalker-esque musical thing. And I have, I will not watch it. I tried to watch the uh, the movie version of it uh, that Joel yep. Schumacher, uh, uh, rest in peace, Joel Schumacher. I like Joel Schumacher's movies for mm-hmm. the most part. Uh, and, and he went into it, I think, with the best of intentions. I think did probably the best job that you can with right with that material but my gosh i just i just could not get into it if if you're a fan of the of the musical i mean more power to you i i like some of the tunes from it i really do but it the whole vibe of that just didn't do anything for me and um yeah i I mean it'd be a travesty if they took something like a fred krueger and they turned it into (laughs) like a a broadway uh, a broadway thing that'd just be i don't even know oh I'm picturing it, and it is not good. They did Rocky as a musical, and that, yeah, it just, I don't know. No. Not everything <laughs> needs to be a musical. We don't need to sing about everything. But again, uh, 2020, we, there may not be anything ever again. But there are movies being made right now, yeah, so. There are. <laughs> there are. I don't know. It's been a long week, Faith. <laughs> been, been in mourning for the great <laughs> Rocco Prestia. But uh, next week, so you can be prepared, because there will be a test. Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Not Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. That's an okay movie. Just it's not okay. A, it's not just, a Halloween movie. It shouldn't movie. have been named Halloween. Yeah, I get what they were doing. We'll talk about that next week. We should We should talk about that. That's a that's an interesting film, because it's developed quite a cult following. Yeah, I, you know, I, I watched it not too long ago. It, just to, like, okay, because I hated it the first time I watched it. And I went back and I was like... It's not terrible. It just bothers me that it's named Halloween and it, there's no Michael Myers in it. You know, it's a it's a really good uh, uh, late seventies, early eighties piece of horror. Mm-hmm. It's it's a nice horror film. Not really a slasher movie, which Mm-mm. is kind of weird. Uh, I like the story generally. I like right. the uh, the Irish overtones in it uh, with uh, Sam Hain and all that mm-hmm. you know, playing into the Halloween vibe, but. Uh, I like the film. I, I don't know if I would have watched it if it wasn't, you know, have if it didn't have Halloween in the title. Right. But uh, no, it's not. It's not. It's not an awful. Yeah, it's not movie. terrible. I guess I just you see Freddy Krueger and all his movies. They're all they all have him in it. You know, I'm on the street and you get yeah. to Halloween and he's missing. he's missing. He's missing. Hence the title, Return of Michael Myers. <laughs> and then of course, like we said, we are going to be doing Freddy Krueger in October. We're going to be doing uh, Dream Warriors, uh, Elm Street Three, maybe. Maybe the best sequel of the bunch, mm-hmm. possibly. Mm-hmm. Possibly, it's a movie that uh, kind of uh, defines a lot of the things that we think of when we think of Freddy. Kind of show up in right. this movie, some of the ideas there. So I'm looking forward to talking about that. Me uh, too. We did a we did a pretty fun commentary, I think, on it. Uh, it makes me giggle, <laughs> and it's uh, it's out there for you to uh, check. It is uh, in the back catalog there with uh, all of our other episodes, wherever podcasts mm-hmm. can be found. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can at late night fright podcast at gmail.com. Faith and I would love to hear from you. 
if you uh, have an idea for a movie that you would like for us to do, send it along. If you have an idea for a TV show you'd like for us to do, send it along. If you think we're doing a great job, send it along. If you think we're doing terrible, do not write to us. <laughs> but send it along anyway. <laughs> we, uh, we would absolutely love to hear from you. We would like to say hello to all of our listeners over in the UK. It is so nice to have you. We're still doing very well on the UK charts. Yes. We're doing pretty good here on the American charts as well. We're doing pretty good in Norway. So I want to say hello to all cool. of, uh, of our listeners over in Norway. And I would like to say that the Beatles tune, Norwegian Wood, has always been one of my favorites. <laughs> it's a so. good one. So I don't know how to say hello in Norwegian, but uh, you guys over there in Norway, something happened at y'all's camp down there in uh, Antarctica, and y'all really need to get on that because uh, <laughs> Faith knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> if you're out there and don't know what we're talking about, it's uh, the thing yeah. from John Carpenter. Uh, I would hope there you go. <laughs> if you're listening to the show and you didn't know, get out. <laughs> get out. Yeah. Check out our episode on it, though. <laughs> All right, Faith, I'm feeling a little punchy. I feel like it's time to uh, to close up shop here. Do you have anything you would like to add about Little Shop of Horrors or uh, any of the movies we have coming up or, or spooky season? Faith, I'm have- just excited that it's spooky season. <laughs> I'm ready to watch all the horror movies, even though, I mean, we do all year we long do. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Something special about them in the fall. Though. I know. Really something special about them in the fall. Mm-hmm. And Faith and I are going to be attending a Halloween party together, we believe, and uh, there may be... <laughs> Some uh, some costuming going on here, Ooh. and uh, we're going to decide if we if we dress if we theme dress, and if we do, we'll post pictures. Yes, we'll post pictures. I'm leaning Frankenstein Bride right now. I was thinking that too, actually. Or Freddie and Nancy. Oh, that's even better. But I really like Frankenstein and Bride. Yeah. Or maybe we'll Freddie and Bride. Or maybe you can be Frankenstein and I'll be the bride. I don't know, Faith. Perfect. I don't know. We'll let y'all know out there. We will probably be posting pictures. You can check us out at Late Night Fright Podcast on Instagram. You can check out Faith at I'm a Normal Alien. Is that it? That's correct. Is that it? Yes. On Instagram. So we'd love to hear from you. We really would. If you have costume ideas, send those along. Yes. Late Night Fright Podcast at gmail.com. It's been a long day. I'm a little punchy. I think it's time. (laughs) If they're still with us, they're probably going, what the hell's going on over there? <laughs> All right. So I have been snapping my fingers in the style of Arthur Fonzarelli, a.k.a. the Fonz. I think we should snap together this I was going to suggest that, Faith. I was going to suggest that. So let's see if we snap our fingers okay. if the music starts. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Here we go. One, two, three. Well, not exactly together, but close enough. <laughs> close it enough. works. Horseshoes and hand grenades. Close enough, Faith. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you got this far in the show, thank you, <laughs> thank you for sticking around. Yeah, we in. both have had like some long days There's recently, been some long and we've days. been yeah. So we're There's sorry some, if we're like blah. <laughs> that's all right. Be sure to tune in next week for Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. Be good to yourself. Be good to your neighbors. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Turn off the news if you need to. Stay off of social media if you need to. Trust, uh, uh, verify what you hear. Be careful out there. There's some devils out there in the world. And listen to Tower of Power and check out Francis Rocco Prestia on that base. It's amazing. Rest in peace, Rocco. Faith, take us out. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on a leash. Hypnos is what it is. Rest in peace, Rocco. We will see you on the other side.